Hi everyone and welcome to The Incredible Everyday, a new two-part podcast from the Royal College of Occupational Therapists. I'm your host, Vika Tivu. I'm an education advocate and an empowerment YouTuber and I love, love, love talking all things career options with young people. Over the next 15 minutes, I'm going to take a deep dive into the world of occupational therapy to discover the incredible things it offers as a career and the wonderful ways you can help people live the life they want when you're an occupational therapist and I'm so excited because my two guests are here to guide me. We have Amelia Archdeacon who's 20 years old and who recently graduated from the University of East Anglia with a degree in occupational therapy. Hi Amelia! Hiya! (laughs) (laughs) And we also have Shahrazad Kapadia who is a newly qualified occupational therapist working at St George's Hospital in London. She recently graduated from Brunel University and is a member of BAME OTUK. Hi Shahrazad. Hi Ri. I'm really excited to have you guys and we're going to be starting off with the basics. So break it down to me in the simplest of ways because I assume that our listeners are also new to this industry, this career and we want to know the ins and outs. So we'll start off with what do occupational therapists do? like what is occupational therapy and I'll start with you Amelia tell me so I would define it as kind of helping those um, people who are prevented by illness uh, disability and alike to um, re-engage with society and participate in meaningful activity that's personal to them rather than kind of what the healthcare professional thinks is correct for them or thinks might be useful it's very much client-centered around what the person wants that's a good way. That's giving me a good understanding. I'm getting it. I'm getting it. And if we move over to you, Sherry, could you please give me the elevator pitch in like one sentence? What do occupational therapists do? Okay, so I think it's really important to start with, you know, we are what we do. And occupational therapists help people to engage in activities that are meaningful to them with the view that this is going to improve their health and well-being. So an example we can give you is if you've got someone who maybe has been newly diagnosed with dementia or you have someone who is recovering from maybe um, a diagnosis of anxiety and depression, you are using occupations and activities um, as a way for them to maybe re-engage with society or you're helping them to practice occupations that they need to do in a new way. And the view is that this then increases their well-being or improves their health. And that's really the kind of end goal of occupational therapy is using occupations, using the things we do to improve people's lives and improve their health and well-being. Okay, that's a really good definition. I'm starting to grasp it and understand it better. And staying on that topic with you, Sherry, who do you help and how do you help them? So this, I think, is one of the sort of key and amazing defining features of occupational therapy is that it is so broad. So typically, you do see a lot of occupational therapists in the NHS working in mental health services, in physical health services. So that's every single diagnosis you could probably get in those services from neurology to urology, all the way across the sort of mental health spectrum. 
But we also have occupational therapists in emerging areas. So you have occupational therapists who are looking to help refugees and asylum seekers. You have occupational therapists working with individuals um, who maybe are experiencing social isolation or have been victim to um, big political incidences that may be now causing them to be homeless. So they are working in an absolute range of settings. And I think that is the real beauty of it is that whatever you want to do, whoever you want to help, there's probably an occupational therapist who's doing it or going to do it one day okay I like that I like that and Amelia I'd love for you to kind of pick up on that so what kind of roles can you have within occupational therapy and what's your specific role within occupational therapy yeah so as Sherry kind of touched on there's there's a huge variety of roles within occupational therapy Uh, mine specifically uh, my new job is in a hospital so I'll be working with people with medical conditions specifically so it will be um, people with kind of gastro problems heart problems orthopedics which is bones uh, people broken legs and, and hips and knees and things So I'll be working in the hospital with them, sort of focusing on getting them out of the hospital and actually what happens when they are discharged out of the hospital, you know, what kind of houses they're going back to, um, how they're going to get in their house, how they're going to sort of cook, clean for themselves, um, and is that even possible anymore? Take, for an example, someone who's had a total hip operation. Yeah, how are they going to get home? Do they need things like cool hospital beds that sort of go up and down? So um, if they need carers that can come in, um, is that even possible? So we're the the coordinators, as we're sort of known on the board, I suppose. That is really, really awesome. I think I like the fact of you're describing this as a broad career where you could be at any level and at any age with any people that need your help. And I guess a good question would be to take it back to the beginning for both of you to cast your minds back to when you began. So for you, Sherry, how did you first learn about occupational therapy and what made you think this is the career for me? Yeah, I mean, that is a great question because I truly believe occupational therapy found me. So I had graduated from university in sports science with management. I'd done my A-levels, I'd done like biology, maths, kind of gone down that sort of route. And I really didn't know what I wanted to do. I knew that I loved science. I knew that I was a people person. I never really thought I wanted to be a doctor or a physio. And I never really thought I wanted to work in management or HR or anything. Someone suggested, you know, why don't you, why don't you work in healthcare? Why don't you work in a hospital? And that's what I did. And I met an occupational therapist. And that's when I met someone who I was like, wow, like they were one, they were really impacting people's lives. I mean, they were able to, again, like, help people find their passions. They were able to um, help people sort of heal through doing different activities, um, kind of giving them new perspectives. And I thought that was amazing. Um, But what I also thought was amazing is that you could work in both mental health and in physical health, and then in more social settings as well. And that's when I thought, wow, this really hits everything for me. And that's when I think I sort of found that magical um, profession and it did come after a lot of searching. So I'm so glad we're talking about this now. Yeah, no, I like when you said it found you, like it was just that perfect alignment that works and you sound so happy in your career and that makes me happy for you. And I'd love to also hear from you, Amelia, you know, how did you first learn about occupational therapy and what made you think this is the career for me? Was it also an aha moment or was it different? So yeah, it was kind of a OT found me um, as well, actually. Throughout GCSEs, A-levels, I was always really creative. I managed to avoid all of the languages and all of the um, humanities subjects like geography and things. And I went straight down the 
art route, textiles, you name it, health and social, I was I was doing it. So it kind of got to A-levels and I was like, you know, what on earth am I going to do after this? Um, so my aunt, whose name's Karen, she had cerebral palsy and she lived with us. She was uh, in a wheelchair, sort of 24-7, required um, sort of round-the-clock care. Um, so my house always had some strange things in, like sort of toilets that were actually seats and things like that. So OT was actually kind of always around me um, as a kid growing up, but I never really knew what it was until it was sort of fed to me at a careers fair I attended um, when I was doing my A-levels. So I kind of thought, oh, this is this is pretty cool. Like these people dressed in green standing in front of me. Um, they gave me so many leaflets. OTs love their leaflets. Yeah, I, I sort of did some more digging. Uh, a couple of local hospitals obviously filled with OTs. I dropped them a few emails as I volunteered in a hospital at the time. And I sort of said, you know, would it be possible to do some shadowing? And that's exactly what happened. So from then on, really, um, I fell in love with it. It was, um, it was all so positive, the whole team, you know, really working together to improve people's lives within hospitals. And obviously hospitals aren't the most joyous of settings at all. And these people sort of me myself always being a really social person bag of bubbles as my mum calls me so yeah it's always been kind of in my pathway I guess that leads into a beautiful question about what is it that excites you most as you look ahead to your career as an occupational therapist is there a particular area of occupational therapy you'd like to get into just essentially what ambitions do you have for the future within occupational therapy and we can go to you Sherry yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I'm currently working very much in the physical health setting. And I think in the short term, I'd love to increase my experience in mental health, in neuro. But I think long term, looking um, onwards and upwards, I would love to be more involved in innovation within the profession and working in areas that really promote social justice and social justice within healthcare. You know, there is a lot of health inequity out there and I would love to be involved in roles that help more people access occupational therapy and help increase you know representation of um, black and Asian occupational therapists so we can support a bigger client base and just you know really reach more people and have people feel the power of occupational therapy. Oh, that was so beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. I'm excited for you and I hope that all happens. And Amelia, I'd also love to know from you, you know, what are you most looking forward to within your career as an occupational therapist? Is there a specific area you'd love to get into? Just what are the ambitions here? So uh, like Sherry, I'm in the physical health kind of area now and I've had a few placements in stroke and neurology um, kind of departments with occupational therapy and I have absolutely fallen in love with them. So as kind of a area of real interest and speciality, I feel like I might end up in stroke, which is really cool. And then also kind of leading on from that, I'm really interested in the kind of research side sort of looking at how the profession of occupational therapy can grow and then building on that again definitely kind of teaching lecturing is also something that occupational therapy can lead you to which is super awesome loads of opportunity within that sort of universities level and then yeah hopefully going on to do lots of lots of cool things within that oh that is so heartwarming to hear like that makes me <laughs> smile I'm so happy for both of you like this is incredible and I guess it's a great way to ask my final question and just ask 
can you sum up what makes occupational therapy incredible to you personally and why do you think someone should consider it as a career and I want to go to you Sherry can you tell us (laughs) so I think people should consider it for a career because I think generally if you're kind of into leadership or you're or science and even if you're quite creative I think there are other more traditional roles that people think okay this is really the only thing out there for me but I really think it's important to say it's not just medicine or it's not just HR if you're a people person or it's not just marketing like there are there are other careers and occupational therapy is one of those niche careers yet that still requires all those skills you know so if you if you're sitting there today thinking I like science, I have leadership skills, I'm a great communicator, I'm also creative and I'm a problem solver. Look into occupational therapy, go and have a go, go and meet occupational therapists or people that you might work with has an occupational therapist because I do think it's got so much to offer in terms of fulfilling that skill set and growing that skill set. You know, you constantly learn as a therapist you will never know everything you will learn about a new condition you will learn about a new occupation you will learn about a new intervention you will learn new skills in research you will learn new skills in teaching you will constantly be challenged you will constantly grow and I think you know that's for me what makes life exciting and it's what makes it purposeful so I think that's you know that's where you should pick it if that's the kind of thing you're looking for in life I love that. Some great handy advice for people listening at home. And Amelia, what about you? I think OT is incredible to me, purely because of how accessible it is. The people on my course come from all different backgrounds, whether that was like me, straight from A-levels, or even mature students who are sort of in their 40s, 50s, completely changing their career just because they found occupational therapy. If you think maybe university isn't for you, OT have got apprenticeship programs that you can go on, um, which you're in practice all the time and you're being an OT assistant, you're surrounded by OTs all the time. And I think that accessibility point is just so unique to our profession, which makes it just so incredible to me. Oh my goodness, that makes me excited for you guys and for everyone at home listening who'd want to, you know, consider going into this career as well. And that is essentially the end of my questions. I feel like so many people are going to learn so much from both of you. So thank you so much for sharing your experiences. And that's all we've got time for on this episode. So thank you so much to Amelia and Shahrazad for joining me. I've learned so much in such a short amount of time. And if you're eager to find out more head over to chooseot.co.uk where you'll find lots of information about occupational therapy how you can get into it and all the places it can take you and be sure to tune into our second episode where I'll be talking to two people who changed careers to become occupational therapists they'll be telling me everything they love about their new profession and why they'd encourage others to join it too don't miss out bye